Good evening, everyone. Great to see you. Glad that you're here. I think when I walk out in front of the speaker or under it, my microphone conflicts. Uh, some type of invisible, see? I'll walk over here. Come on this side. I walked out and around the surface. I'm going to sit because my, uh, my leg hurts. So is that okay? <laughs> good, good. So glad you're here. Hi, Abel. Good to see you. All right. Glad that you're here. We're going to be in here for a little bit, and then you can go eat and uh, hang out. We want to just kind of walk you through uh, a few things that we've been discussing for a long time with a lot of people, and then not just discussing, but praying about. And uh, so we'll talk a little bit about what Sunday evenings will look like for the fall. Is that okay? And um, we'll review a few principles of what we've been teaching on Wednesday nights. Uh, we studied a little stu started a little study on the church uh, two weeks ago. And uh, we started with a familiar passage to all of us. And we'll review a couple of those things. Won't be in here long so you can get out and eat. And I think we even have some gluten-free pizza for gluten-free pizza people. I'm just curious, how many gluten-free peeps are in the room? Just raise your hand. Everyone look around. That's good. I mean, I'm glad that, I'm glad. I, I, don't, I don't know where Pastor Steve got it, but like I told him to get it from Domino's. Domino's has like an $8 gluten-free pizza. Like every other place is like fifteen dollars to $25,000. So it, Domino's is seven or eight bucks. And, and they don't they don't taste too bad so so yeah and it's better than eating the box yes it's like cardboard with some sauce and pepperoni on it uh, they're actually not too bad but anyways glad that you're here I'll move around as my knee lets me and uh, we'll pray and we'll talk okay father in heaven thank you so much for these sweet folks and and their desire to encourage each other by gathering together and uh, we ask Lord that you would um, be with us, instruct our hearts and then uh, give us wisdom Lord how we can um, step forward and uh, intentionally do that which you've asked us to do in Christ's name we pray, Amen so I've told you uh, many of you probably all of you at one point, before I became the pastor here at Grace, this was back in 03, 04, when they were talking about that being a reality, I, um, I started to, I formed a little notebook with a lot of goals, like if, if I were pastor at Grace, then I think we'd like, I'd like to do this, right? Um, one, of those, one of those things way back then was, what do we do with Sunday gatherings, what do we do with gathering for the church at all? And then why, right? 
So there was a lot of things in that note, on those no, pages and pages of notes and goals that always had the question why by it. Why are we doing what we're doing? One of, those, one of those goals was to pray about and to rethink how we could intentionally do the Lord's Day. And we've done a lot of things since 2006, uh, which was my first year of being the senior pastor here. Uh, and the why of the Lord's Day to me is, it's got, has always been, and I've told you, change of pace, but also change of intentional focus. We've talked a long time about how the, the, you know, the four-service-a-week pattern historically developed in Christianity. Um, we're not going to do that tonight. Uh, but it's, it's really been a good service to the local church to be on that regimen for uh, probably 150 years or so. Um, and that's okay. But when you continue a regimen without... Um, really answering the why of why you're doing it. Uh, you just always got to think about it. So one thing growing up as a pastor's kid and then as a pastor, the one thing the Lord's Day was never to me was a change of pace. Right? Um, maybe, maybe that was just me. Any other pastor kids in the room? Missionary kids, pastors, kids, one, two. Would you agree? The Lord's Day, there was two others besides me, Katharina. The Lord's Day, Joanna. Yes, Sam. The Lord's Day was not a change of pace. As a matter of fact, it was probably the busiest day of the week. Yes, no, maybe. Um, and, and, and it really spilled over. It was such a packed day. It spilled back into Saturdays and spilled forward into Mondays. Right? So, like in my house, it was spilled so much forward backwards in Mondays, like I never saw my parents pretty much on either day, year round. So there's pretty much three days a week where my parents weren't going to be part of my life. Don't have any bitterness, don't have any PTSD over that. It just... <laughs> It just, it just was what it was. So if I was going to be a pastor and I wanted to honor the Lord's Day, I certainly didn't want to do that to my kids. Right? So pace was everything. We had no problem with focus. Oh, my stars. We had no problem with focus. I mean, preach, 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 teach, 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 sing, sing, sing. Um... Nothing wrong with any of that. We had no problem with focus, but pace was, was a problem. And um, I think it became a problem for a lot of people in, uh, in Christianity, especially our strike. So fast forward a little bit. One of my first goals was to handle the pace thing was to start giving our church some intentional time of a change of pace on Sunday evenings. So way back when, some of you might have remembered the, the fifth Sunday potlucks. Do you remember that? And what did we do? We made it worse. <laughs> you know, our goal was to really change the pace, and we made it worse, right? Because uh, we had the potluck, and we all came back in here for another service. And it was horrible. Everyone acted like it was a great idea. They were really, really nice. 
but everyone collectively knew it was just a bad idea, right? Kids weren't getting home for naps, right? Uh, people would come in here bitter and angry because no one touched their potluck dish, if it was wrong with my food. No, I actually heard those discussions. There weren't a lot, but it happens, right? Uh, and then someone was disappointed with someone else because they got the last scoop of that dish everyone did want at the potluck. Not, nonetheless, it, it, it just wore everyone out even more, and even especially choir people, because they had to stay afterwards and still practice, right? So no one got the break. So fifth Sunday potlucks turned into outreach Sundays in time. Remember that? And I think those have been good. If you have an unsaved friend, you want to build a redemptive relationship with them, go out to dinner, have a walk, have them over to watch some TV, whatever you want to do to build a relationship, go be with unsaved people. So that was good. The next goal was to uh, give a change of pace by offering major Sunday night holidays. Do you remember that? Where he gave you off. Go be with your family. Okay. And when we were doing that, most churches in Northeast Ohio and a lot of different places were just saying no to Sunday nights completely. I got to take you back through the history to make sense of our present. Do you remember that? Where a lot of churches were just saying, you know what, no Sunday nights. And they really didn't give a reason. Um, I called a lot of my pastor friends in the area and said, so I noticed you're not having Sunday nights. Could you, what's your why? None, just don't want to have them anymore. And, and just want people to have the night off. If that's your why, that's it. And that's fine. I appreciated that. Uh, we did Fifth Sunday potlucks, uh, which turned into Fifth Sunday outreaches. And so we just started to give people Christmas, Easter, Fourth of July. Remember that? If it's on a Sunday night, there's no church. Some of you go back far enough to remember if Christmas Day was on a Sunday, we had an evening service. Like, was it like that for you, Miriam, in your, in your home? Because you're another pastor's kid in the room. I don't want to overlook that. Um, Easter Sunday night, nothing off. Fourth of July, I mean, if it was fireworks, you were having church on Sunday night, didn't matter because the sun set late. Uh, if New Year's Eve was on a Sunday night, it was sacrilege not to bring in the new year with God's people in God's house. It was just a thing. Can't say there's anything wrong with that. But we gave, started giving people the freedom to do what they needed to do to have a change of pace. I don't know that I can separate personally the change of pace from the change of focus thing for me. Um, maybe it's that way for you too. So that worked into... Um, looking at some more Sunday evenings off to honor the change of pace so people could actually rest uh, as they focused on the Lord. So we added non-major Sunday, non-major holiday Sunday nights. Do you remember that? And by the way, my little notebook, I had this done in phases, right? Because I didn't think anything was wise coming in and just, you know, quick change for all these pragmatic reasons. I didn't want to do that. If God's people thought it was a good idea, then I thought it was a good idea. But you can't introduce all this right up front. So we went to Memorial Day, weekend Sunday nights off. If, a, if, if Labor Day, never on a Sunday, right? But that Sunday night off. Do you remember? 
okay? Um, I think we got up to about, with fifth Sundays and these others, 14 to 16 Sunday evenings off a year. And I think because it was done gradually, uh, I didn't get much pushback on any of that at all. Matter of fact, I didn't personally get any. You may have given pushback to the other pastors, uh, but they hid that well. I, we didn't have a problem with that. And then along comes COVID, right? And then there's Sunday nights off for eight weeks, at least we knew of, right? And then with the gradual regathering, longer than eight weeks, and then with everyone getting used to not being here on Sunday nights, uh, getting everyone back to function together normally, because we weren't done, by the way, with the goals that I had set out in my notebook <laughs> when COVID came for Sunday nights. It's always been my goal with our guys and with you folks to, to continue to morph the Lord's Day to be a change of pace and focus. We had plans that we were going to put feet and hands to if we moved down to the Adkins property. And basically what we're going to show you tonight is kind of like a phasing of what we were going to do anyway if COVID didn't come if we moved into a new building. Okay? coming back from COVID, we're wanting to gather together intentionally. And so what did we do? We said, hey, you know what? We're going to do these fellowship groups on Sunday nights. We did it as an experiment for the summertime. And uh, those went relatively well. Um, ours in the first five years were very well attended. We had a combined one with the, young, with the college and career. And that house was, that, that park was packed. Had a great time. But the word we got back was, you know, it's too much fellowship. That's fine. It was never intended to be that way long term. It was just a way to regather the church back after she had been away from each other for a long time. And so it was good. So starting next Sunday night, just through December, we're going to give all of you a little card that looks like this. It's very simple to understand. And it's going to explain to you what Lord's Day evenings look like for the church if you wish to participate. Okay? Um, can I give you a little question to me before church? A little publicity here? Without offending you, would that be all right? So Marilyn recently turned 90 years old. Amen. Marilyn Fine, right? We all hope that looks... Yep. Still driving... Living by yourself, we all hope we're that good at 90. <laughs> so she, she knows that tonight's going to be about talking about Sunday evenings. And she said, Pastor Tim, am I going to get a letter someday that if I don't come to church on Wednesday nights and Sunday nights, am I going to get a letter from you that, that my name's going to be removed from membership? And I said, I don't know how you ever got that inclination. I said, but I've never written one of those letters in my life. Remember I said that? But I appreciate the sensitivity. I appreciate the heart. Um, that question, though, I think stems from a, a long, long history on uh, arriving at services, church services, which became more institutional and programmatic and not intentional, 
as more of an obligation than an opportunity. And if you didn't take care of the obligation, there was going to be an ecclesiastical consequence to that. You appreciate the faithfulness of people that just went to church because the doors were open. You appreciate that faithfulness. But that faithfulness needs to not be mindless faithfulness. It needs to be mindful faithfulness. Not just going through the motions of going to church because the doors are open. Okay? So, no, she's never going to get a letter. And neither are you. Okay? Uh, yay Ra, right? Um, Gathering together as a flock is an opportunity. It's not an obligation. And I think the gathering together happens uh, more, with more anticipation if we know there's some intention to why we gather. Okay? Um, so the last thing we want to do is just put out to you a schedule that's a mere obligation so that we can again, you know, go through the motions of doing church all over. So Sunday evenings are going to look a little different than they did when I was growing up. Right? Uh, and remember, this plan just takes us through December. We'll gather together. We'll talk some more. We'll learn each, from each other some more. Um, but we're studying on Wednesday nights just a familiar passage of Hebrews 10, 19 to 25. And we've gone through all the major context of Hebrews and we're into this practical portion and we've gone through its immediate context. We're down to the rubber hits the road as far as gathering. And the text does say that, that you gather together, right, to entice one another to love and good deeds. And it says, don't stop doing that, but do it more and more as you see the day approaching. For me, the day in that text is the Bema Seat. I think that's that's your time, your personal time before Jesus. Uh, and that's my personal time before Jesus. We're not going to be there together, I don't believe, as a church. And it's your time before the Bema Seat. Um, we all know that in my eschatology that that happens pretty imminently after the Lord returns. Um, and there's something about that day in a relationship to intentional gathering that was important to the mind and heart of the writer of Hebrews. And he says, as this day approaches in imminency, it's like, could be now. We should not be just cutting off gatherings because we just don't want to do them anymore or we need a change of pace. We need to always have a why as to what we're doing. So, so much the more, well, why? And what does that look like? How often did the church meet in the first century? The Bible says certain churches met every day. Anyone up for that? Can I tell you, I think a lot of you already are. It's just not in a context Dave, of what we come to know as formal worship. When the church gathers, it doesn't have to always be all the church together in one formal worship service. I think that's biblical, but every time she gathers, it doesn't have to be that way. So there's informal gathering and formal gathering, and that's the way we'll take all those activities of Acts 2, 41 to 44, and we'll put them into formal or informal. So why are you here tonight? You're probably starting to wonder, ask the question, right? 
We're all here tonight, and the first two sunny nights of each month through December, we're all going to be gathered. The last two sunny nights, we're not all going to be together, but there's going to be intentional things that are going on. And you'll see it explained in the card. And we're going to do this through December. When we do gather on sunny nights, we're going to have the Lord's Supper on the first Sunday night of the month. Right? Um, and then we're going to have just some more practical ways to discuss the Sunday morning sermon amongst each other so we can give it hands and feet when we walk out the door and wake up to live for the Lord on Monday morning. The second Sunday night of the month, we're all going to be gathering in here like this. And there could be any number of pastors, elders, deacons, or people on, on a discussion panel where we as pastors can discuss subjects you've asked us, you, not us, you've asked us to address publicly with the flock that I think are pertinent and important, important for the, 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 the now of our culture. Do you remember back before the election? Um, some time ago, it was during COVID, we hadn't met on sunny nights and we all came in here uh, on that pre-election time. The auditorium was packed. Right? I think everyone was just glad to be back together again. But you remember the format that night, if you were here? That's the kind of format this is going to be. It'll be a microphone traveling through uh, the audience. You're going to be able to ask questions, have follow-up to those questions. There will be child care for those first two Sunday nights of the month. One of the components of even meeting on Sunday evenings in any way that we used to was getting people willing to come back and do child care. Okay? Um, so thankful for the ladies that have offered to come back and do that on Sunday evenings. We even have a handful back there now doing infants through two-year-olds, I think, uh, tonight. And we're thankful for those folks and those that have come back for Sunday school and the Sunday morning service. Uh, we're still not all gathered back in that regard, but it's coming. But there will be child care. Through what age group? Through pre-K for those first two Sunday nights. Okay. And then we'll break out afterwards. Who knows? We might have food for you to take and go. You can hang out and do whatever you want. Um, the first Sunday night of, the second Sunday night of October, I'm going to talk about fellowship the Greek word fellowship and I'm gathering a ton of information on that my own from my friends from the pastors we're going to talk about the nature of fellowship because people have forgotten that word koinonia within its context but that word was never used in the Bible without intention like, like fellowship was never designed to be just a bunch of Christians getting around having pizza and talking about you know a football game Right? It's okay to have pizza and talk about a football game, but what's the why of the whole gathering? Okay? Uh, it's not heavy, but there's got to be that informal parts of those components of Acts 2, 41 to 44. We're also doing as we formally worship together uh, on Sunday mornings. Right? And then the third Sunday evening, it's going to be different groups that we have biblical obligations to as pastors. We have to have time to fulfill our biblical obligations as pastors with certain groups in the church that have certain skill sets. Right? I have to have time with leaders. Pastor Kent has to have time with people that have the gift of teaching. 
There's other groups that we have to spend concerted time with. And, and really on a quarterly basis, that one group is going to be meeting. But if their group isn't meeting and you're not part of any of those groups, you will not be meeting on that Sunday evening. Okay? For the most of us, there's always going to be something to do on that third Sunday. And then the fourth Sunday is going to be you um, provoking someone to love and good deeds on a very practical level. We studied that word provoke, entice. It is the Greek word for provoke. You know, fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath, only it's used in a positive way in Hebrews 10. There's something that you and I are supposed to be doing in the New Testament local church that's very intentional to stir somebody up to love and good deeds. We started to talk about that on Wednesday. If you want to come back for a good juicy devotional this coming Wednesday and some talk about that, you're welcome to. Okay? And people say, well, what if I disciple someone on Sunday evenings? Well, after we break out for the Lord's Supper, um, you're welcome to do that on the first Sunday. Uh, on the second Sunday, when we break out from the gathering in here, you're welcome to do that. You don't have to stay around and, and fellowship and eat, okay? We're not taking that away. Uh, if you want to come here and, and disciple before those two sunny nights here in the building, if you want to get here a little earlier, I think the choir will be here practicing. You're welcome to do that. There's ways. There's ways. But we will all be gathered together, God willing, if you can make it. And if you can't, you won't get a letter, all right? Um, I don't know how you're driving at 90, let alone driving at night at 90. Um, um, I'm amazed when any senior saint comes at night, especially in the wintertime. Um, but nonetheless, uh, we'll be meeting with intention on those two evenings. So we have a card. We're going to pass those out now. We can, you can look at it. It's pretty simple to understand. But I wanted to give you an overview. And that fifth Sunday night of the month is always going to continue to be, go be with your unsafe friends if God's given you time to do that. Build redemptive relationships and prayerfully go uh, and do that. Okay? So, what's it going to look like in January? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I want this to be us, though. I want it to be something that the, the we of the church, not the me of the church, discusses. I want to make sure it's something that the family is good with. Right? And you have to remember, too, the family at Grace, and I know that you're probably not listening to me if you got one of these cards in your hands, and that's fine. Right? But if you could walk and chew gum, maybe you can look and listen at the same time. Right? Um, in a disciple-making church, and I, I'm saying this to everyone who's over 60 at this point, right? in a disciple-making church, the church is intentionally gathering a whole lot more than she used to when she was merely a four-service-a-week regimen. It may not be the whole body, but she's meeting, and she's meeting a lot. Now, you have to understand, some people in our church... If, if you are trying to reach a soul for Christ and you're being discipled by someone and you're discipling somebody, would you just raise your hand? You're trying to reach one, you are following one, and you are leading one. Everyone raise your hand, right? Everyone look around, okay? Now, how many of you are discipling more than one person? 
In other words, at, a, at two different times, would you raise your hand? Everyone look around. I need you to look around. Everyone over 60, I need you to look around. Right? How many of you are discipling more than two people? Raise your hand. Right. And we could go farther. Right? How many of you are the people you're discipling? You're discipling them. You're training them to disciple someone that they've recently been attached to or won to Christ. Okay? Lots more time. Right? All of you over 60 need to understand that disciple-making churches are gathering almost daily throughout the course of a week. It just might not look like a Sunday morning. Right? That's more of a first century reality. Are they gathering with intention? Absolutely. Could it be over a meal? Absolutely. But one soul shepherding another soul who can then be trained to shepherd another soul, that's biblical. That's our hands and feet here at Great Church, Grace Church of doing the Great Commission. And I hope we always get better at that, but we're never going to stop trying to do whatever that is. Amen. Right? Um, I know how much time that takes for you people because it's not always done on a Sunday school Wednesday night or Sunday night. This is done in a weeknight, right? Sometimes it's done through texting into the wee hours of the morning, right? The shepherding never stops. You're finding out what it means to be a pastor if you're discipling somebody. And that takes up a lot of time. I want you to have as much time as you possibly can to be the church in that way. So I don't know that we are anywhere close to just pragmatically cutting off gathering together just because we feel like it's the cool thing to do or we don't want to do the four service a week thing anymore for any kind of a pragmatic reason. That's never been in my brain since before I became the pastor here. And by God's grace, it's never going to be in my brain to just pragmatically do that. I'm trying to respect the Lord's Day and give you folks all the time you need during the course of the week uh, to gather both formally and informally without provoking you to wrath. Because I believe pastors can provoke sheep to wrath just like parents can provoke children to wrath. And that's the last thing I'm going to do is giving the next generation who's coming to take over after us and make them bitter because we stretched them out of just mere obligation of doing church. So there's, there's this whole wisdom balancing reality to shepherding as you move everybody forward. All right. So um, the card's pretty self-explanatory. Um, appreciate Pastor Steve going through five, six different versions of this card. We ran it through the elders and we ran it through the deacons and we ran it through everyone that's on property here during the course of the week and some portion, and some portion over at the office. And uh, we kept making tweaks and changes, but it's just for the fall, right? Uh, the purpose, we desire to obey the clear command to consider how to stir one up to love and good works. We intend Sunday nights to have a balance of a whole church family and individual group gatherings unto this end. And the plan is for the first two Sunday nights of the month will generally be whole church gatherings, while the remaining Sunday nights will generally be individual or group gatherings. Okay? First Sunday night, evening service, uh, ordinance Sunday, the whole church will be here for the Lord's Supper. The second Sunday night, 
Uh, we'll be a church family Sunday, the whole church encouraging one another in prayer, testimony in God's word. Those will be those discussion topics here uh, for theological, philosophical, practical purposes that you've asked us to address as pastors. Um, it won't be quite kind of like a, a TED Talk time. It won't be uh, quite necessarily a podcast time, but it's definitely going to be intentional. It'll have good content and give opportunity for Q&A, and it's going to include everybody because they're generally going to be topics that uh, touch all of our lives. All right, the third Sunday would be a group Sunday. These are specific groups, as I said, meeting once a quarter. And then we'll flip over in the back in a second to see that what that is. The fourth Sunday is a one another Sunday. Go find someone. It could be your disciple or your disciplee. It might be somebody that you're not discipling or someone that's not discipling you. It could be someone that you just have a burden for, right? Like Shauna and Steve Frank right now. So they're not in my discipleship group at all. But my goodness, I'm going to go make sure they're okay. <laughs> And, and go find someone to encourage. Go find someone to weep with, rejoice with, uh, and, just, and, and just be with, okay? And that fifth Sunday, of course, with the, is the Outreach Sunday. Before we flip it over and go through the back, any comments or questions on these Sundays now through December? Nick's got a microphone. We can travel that. All right, let's flip over on the back. Pretty simple. So next Sunday evening, we'll all be in here. We'll have the Lord's Supper together. It'll be child care for the first and second Sunday evenings. And then we'll have that first group uh, discussion and challenge and Q&A on the 10th. And then uh, the fellowship groups will meet. And the fellowship, um, uh, one another Sundays and once a Sunday and so forth. So when you see here, um, on the 17th, fellowship groups. And then go down to November 21st. Basically the third Sunday nights of the month. And then December 19th. Do you see three different descriptions? Right. So, October 17th, you know the fellowship groups we just had in the summertime? First five years, young married, so forth. That's going to be a night for those folks. So if you can, and your group gets together, all right, October 17th, we won't be here. You'll be wherever your group is. Right? In a home, um, prayerfully considering what was taught on Sunday morning, having a five to ten minute discussion on that, and then just encouraging each other as you possibly can. Third Sunday in November, Pastor Kent has developed a curricula that he is going to be taking everyone that feels they have the gift of teaching through. And that group will be meeting once a quarter. So hypothetically, um, Isaiah Spence, he's in my first five years group. He also probably has the gift of teaching. So... His October and Sam's October could be here for the Lord's Supper, here for a whole church family group discussion and some breakout. Then if they want, right, we could maybe, maybe John and Laura having the first five years fellowship group hypothetically at their house in October. Sam and he can go over there. We can talk fellowship intentionally, right? And then the fourth Sunday, he and Sam do what they want. And the fifth Sunday, they do what they want with their folks who don't know the Lord. But... If you look at November, 
then Sam know, or, or, or Sam knows, well, maybe if Sam has the teaching gift too, right, Isaiah is going to be here the third Sunday of November too. The rest of you that don't have the gift of teaching, right, you may not be either. If you have the gift of teaching, you need to be here. Whether you've been teaching here for 30 years and you have, or you don't even have three days in. If you have the gift of teaching, I want you here under Pastor Kent's tutelage so that we can get all of our teachers on the same page going forward, theologically, philosophically, and practically. So we know from classroom to classroom, Bible study to Bible study, we're doing everything we can not to make, make sure we don't have any runaway trains anywhere with people that are going to be teaching. Okay. So, but if you're not, don't have the gift of teaching, that Sunday evening, you'll have a change of pace to focus on your family, your own walk with the Lord. Uh, maybe it's just, it's just rest. December 19th, that's me and the elders and deacons and even potentially their wives that night. That's, I have to have time. I have to give Pastor Kent time to develop teachers. I have to have time to be with and develop deacons, elders, and their wives. And so that'll be December 19th. If you're not a deacon, elder, or a spouse of either, you're off that night. So you're saying, Pastor Tim, basically what you're saying is, if I'm not a teacher and I'm not an elder, the third Sunday night in both November and December, I'm off. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, the Lord's Day, though, is not just something for the church to honor. The Lord's Day is something for you to honor. I've got to give you time for you to honor the Lord's Day in a way that looks like Hebrews 10.25. So are you off? You're off schedule from here, but it's still the Lord's Day that God's asked you to honor. Okay. Pastor Tim, do you fear some church starting within the church? You know what? If we're there, then I don't fear that, no. But if that's where you're at, then I don't know what to do. You know, honestly. We're just doing this till December, <laughs> Right? Meet with your discipler. Have someone over to your house. Go be a blessing to somebody in the church, right? Go take a walk and beg God to lead you to someone that needs the Lord Jesus and start a conversation. It's the Lord's day. Take a nap. Take like a really long nap. Like don't set an alarm. If you sleep through dinner, who cares, right? Just do something intentional, okay? It's your Lord's day. It's God's Lord's day for you to honor. Okay. Um, um, and we'll go from there, right? Because that's really what you're doing on the fourth Sunday night of the month anyway. So if you want to fill that time, praise God, do it, and do it in a way that I'm encouraging you to do that. And I'll be doing the same. Right. Comments or questions? Is this experiment 2.0? No, this was really in my notes from six years ago, super polished up by the pastors, elders, deacons, and input from a lot of people. And, and it's not even done yet, right? We'll talk about it again at the new year and make sure that we're honoring the Lord's day. All right? 
Right, any comments or questions? Yes, Mrs. Lewis. <laughs> We're live streaming, okay. so folks need to be able to hear. All right. Am I on? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Um, because the choir meets at 4.30 on Sunday afternoons, does that mean we will be erratically meeting, or are we going to just continue meeting at 4.30 every Sunday I'll afternoon? let Pastor uh, Mike or Ben answer that. Yeah, for the time being, 4.30, um, not on holidays or fifth Sundays, um, but until something else is determined by uh, pastors or, or, or otherwise. But. We might find a spike in your attendance at choir on the third and fourth Sundays <laughs> if people want to be together. Okay? So yeah, I would take that third Sunday, everybody. And if, you're not, if you don't see your group in any one of those three Sundays, I would begin prayerfully thinking about who you're looking at right now. Who can you be an encouragement to? And maybe contact them and see if they're free on that third Sunday night. And go be with them. Go take them out. Encourage them. My goodness, the flock needs this more now than ever. <laughs> yes, Mrs. Green. I just want to encourage all the leadership here to know that since my husband passed away, I've had so much fellowship outside of my home with families and individual women who have invited me to dinner, uh, brunch, lunch, um, just so many different things. And some of it is once a month now. And there are people here who have that gift and have that desire, and I just want you to know that it's already happening. Good. Hopefully this will create a little bit more time for it to increase more and more. Because yes. remember, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, and so much the more. Right. I'm trying to creatively open up opportunities to honor the Lord's Day, pace and focus in a lot of different intentional ways. So if it opens up more time to, for you to be encouraged that way, then praise the Lord. Or for you to be an encouragement to other people yes. in that way. And also, um, I do have a fear of being out in the winter. Yeah. So I really appreciate the live streaming. Of course, Jim and I enjoyed it for many years when he wasn't able to be here. So. Well, the first two Sundays will be live streamed. Okay. The last two, there will be no live stream as it stands right now. Okay, but these other things are going to be going on. So that third Sunday, if it's dark and it's an evening, maybe you can invite someone over to your house <laughs> and fellowship together. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, all different kinds of ways to intentionally. Kathy, right behind uh, Mrs. Green there, yeah. I apologize for not quite grasping some of this, but I um, disciple every other Sunday mm -hmm. here at 4.30 to 5.30. You'll still be able to do that. Okay, because I know on the 31st I won't be able to because that's an outreach Sunday. The fifth Sundays, how have they been working? We've been doing fifth Sundays for a long time where there's been no church. Has the building been open? No. Okay. Have you been here on the fifth Sundays fellowship? No, we just started this because I tried to get the two ladies to be able to come to church. No, to that's a great this. question. The building's not been open on fifth Sunday nights, but no. Pastor Steve? No, but why are 
The choir does not practice on the fifth Sundays. Yeah, you probably have to find a different place to disciple on that fifth Sunday. The building's always been closed on that fifth Sunday. We've like never been open. Okay. But the other Sunday nights, it'll still be open. Okay. Because choir will be meeting. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Did I hand back here? Thought I saw somebody. Right. Dinah? Nick, up here. Dinah, real quick. Could you speak a little bit more about um, the the talking about the sermon? I read a book recently called The Lost Art of Conversation, and it's about the Puritan practice of people would get together intentionally following the service for the purpose of discussing the service, for the purpose of uh, the sermon, following the sermon, for the purpose of discussing what it was so that they could carry it away. Sometimes mm -hmm. we say, "Hey, what are you doing for lunch?" and that's the end of the that's the end of the sermon by and large, uh, whether it touched your life or not. And I think that's great practice. Uh, if you could, did I miss something with, so, re with regard to? I don't think so. So we've been doing that through uh, the right. summer months on the first Sunday. Right. That's going to continue, but we're going to do it in a lot more practical way so Excellent. people can actually hear. Okay. And we're going to be assigning rooms to, to deacons with smaller groups of people. So one deacon doesn't have 30, another deacon have three. Okay. Uh, we're going to be, a, you know, Pastor Steve's going to be putting all that together so it can be more intentionally done. And then those fellowship nights. So this, mm -hmm. you see the fellowship night there, whatever group that you're in, you'll meet in a home and it'll be more of what that is on that first Sunday. Practically discuss the sermon uh, we'll be providing specific questions and application questions about the sermon like has been done here uh, by the staff for even those times. Well, praise and, God. Yeah. Um, well, at, least, at least two Sundays a month that'll take place. It should take place a lot more than that. I, we're working on it. Amen. This is, this no, it is a work in progress. A lot more than that anyways. Right. And, and that statement I say to piggyback on what you said about, you know, runaway trains. Sometimes I want to get ladies together and... Um, they hesitate because they um, it's it's not that that um, one on one or one on two or three or more conversations can or don't happen they they indeed do, but sometimes when I want to drive it about like let's talk about the sermon they're like, no, the church doesn't know about that, and you're not a leader and they, they get very crazy um, as if there's going to be some kind of runaway train yeah i don't know you talk to me about that if that ever happens again but if it's talking about it's the okay people if it's okay, it's okay if it's about talking about the sunday morning sermon and it's a it's a family time it's your home and it's fellowship who wouldn't want to do that right 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 but if, if, if one person in that room got an application that wasn't necessarily an application from the sunday morning sermon Someone's got to be able to. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yes, Joy. I almost hesitate to say this, but I, for one, will really miss Sunday night messages. Yeah. They're a great blessing, and I enjoy being here. I look forward to that. I've always loved Sunday night, so I will miss Sunday night messages. Yeah. Well, we'll have them. They just won't be every Sunday night. Um. There's got to be ways for the flock to be ministered to that's outside of, in addition to formal preaching. Because 
Acts 2, 41 to 44 has components in it that are part of intentional gathering that can't happen when we're here for formal preaching. That's what I'm trying to do. Does that make sense? So look at that list. We'll talk more about that in the second Sunday night of October when we are here. I'll do that study together in front of everybody uh, on koinonia and intentional gathering. Um, we, have, we have thought about all different kinds of things still, because we're growing and figuring this out still, uh, what January and forward to look forward to. But um, discipleship has just added a lot to people's plates. And um, I just got to try to balance it out. I try to balance it out. But note taken, I hear you. I hear you. I don't know that we'll ever be a church that, Second Timothy 4, right? Preach the word, be instant in season and out of season. That's never going to stop. Um, I just have to, I can't do one virtue at the expense of other virtues that are in that text. Because in that case, then I'm being more old-fashioned than I am biblical, and I've got to do that text in a biblical way. Um, and we've been so used to, for so long, as pastors having people shepherd our flocks who aren't their pastors I was telling the deacons we were walking through this I used to have people come up to us oh you know that Mark Minute guy in Greenville well here's his series on Daniel and pastor you should really listen to this because it's better than yours you know <laughs> and you know that's happened you know I've uh, here's Alistair Begg's recent, you know, you're going through the book of 1 Thessalonians. Well, his, here's his sermon series. And Pastor Tim, I listened to his a lot. You could really stand to, you know. We, we've been so, and, and I'm not saying this is pushback because we have a little bit of a history, right? Uh, respectfully, we have so much of this. Um, worship is exclusively has to include formal exposition. An intentional gathering always has to include formal exposition. We've missed out on some other aspects of intentional gathering. Truth content needs to always be part of it. Um, but if it's always the focus on preaching, you're always going to be able to find probably more skilled preachers or teachers than you have here. Does that make sense? And you, and you will. Okay? Because both, all these gifts come with different degrees. Um, but yet we've got to continue to beat that drum consistently without doing these other things and making that expendable. We've thought about recording our, our sermons during the week and making sure they're always shown on Sunday nights at 6 o'clock where you can at least live stream. It wouldn't be live, but it would be recorded. We did, we did that during COVID, and we could do that. So if you're off on that Thursday night and everyone turns you down to come over for coffee, right, and you want to listen to a good sermon, that, that, that still could be a component um, of the future, right? Or you two could get together and watch it. Um, but for right now, this is just the fall stage of where we're at.
and we're trying not to leave any part of the flock hungry uh, in any, any way, shape, or form. But I get it. If my mom was still living, she'd have raised her hand and said the same thing. Right? My mom and dad had heartburn when I went to Fifth Sunday Potlucks and then Fifth Sunday Outreaches. Right? So... That's what I did. I lived to give my folks heartburn. <laughs> I didn't do that. You know that. But they would, you know, I appreciate the concern. Um, lots of other things we could talk about. Certainly won't jettison preaching. All right. Carla, uh, where's the microphone? Is it closer to? All right. It's always on the other side of the room. Closer. Linda first and then Carla. Yeah. I'm sure you've already thought of this, but... Maybe not. When you do the Sunday nights and you're discussing the morning service, it's hard for us that served during the morning service. Like we did that a few times this summer where we talked about the morning sermon and I'm like, cool, but I was back there taking care of the little kids. Yeah. So I'm sure you've all thought about that, yep. but just as we move forward, remember there were many people that missed the morning service. Yeah. And so just... No, it's good. It's good. We have. Um, and I told my wife, I said, maybe we should just drop child care altogether. Seriously. I did. We have talked about that. That's been in this mix. And that's not a reaction to what you said. How many times have we had that discussion? Yeah. And she's just like, it ain't ever going to work. You know. Um, it. It. it well, it, 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 bothers, it bothers me, though. You need to know. It bothers me all the time. We're faithful, loyal folks like you, my wife, and others that are back there all the time. They don't ever get anything of what Joy just talked about. Do you understand that? Like, ever. In the last year before COVID, in the last year, Rhonda, before COVID, how many formal teaching services or preaching services were you in? Two? Three? I'm not playing a fiddle. Make her name Rhonda Smith. That's not right. And so as I'm, I'm a pastor, that's just what you do because you're the pastor and his wife. No. That's not right. God calls her to worship too. So wanting more Sunday nights, yes, just says for her, I'll be back there. Right? So everyone can enjoy another sermon in here. So all I'm saying is, shameless plug for more child care workers. Right? Many hands make light work. Shameless plug for moms who have kids to get back there and be part of that. So more people can get in here and worship intentionally. Crickets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank you. Right? Uh, I, it's not just Rhonda, it's not just you. There's too many. There's too many. And, and the more people that we have that are cleared and, and ready and approved back there, the more you can be participate actively in a fellowship group talking about a Sunday actively. So yes, it's a big deal. 
And coming out of COVID as a pastor, you just kind of wonder at what point, you know, do you just step out and just say what I just said? So your question brought it up. Apparently it was the right time. So we need more people. Um, our children, our children need more people. And our children need more people to understand what consistency and faithfulness and service is as well. Uh, can't have one ministry virtue at the expense of another one. Okay. Lisa, last question. Wait, I'm sorry. Yes, Carla, then Lisa, then we'll pray and have pizza. Pizza's ready to go. It's getting cold. Real quick, yes. I guess this was already talked about a little bit, but I just have a concern a little bit of those with us that have younger children. Yep. The first two Sundays are going to be a challenge, and I think you guys understand that. I'm not talking about the little, little ones. No, we I'm understand. talking about the kids that are first grade, even sixth grade. Right. Um, I know there's not magic people under the rock or anywhere that we can't magically make them appear anywhere and I know it's been a discussion um, with leadership of bringing us deacon wives to hey I'll step up this first Sunday like with Kim or whoever. That component is directly tied in my heart to her component. Right? It's just people that used to that have either redirected or serving someplace else since COVID or people that just haven't come back. The people component is a big deal. We've got to have people volunteer that are approved, qualified to step up to do that. So that's it right now. It's not that we cut that off for any kind of, we're just not going to do it reason. Right. Um, we've got to have this balance. And this is an issue, trust me, this is an issue in churches of 10 or 110 or 1,010. The churches that are having the, the tougher issues are the bigger, the bigger churches. Um, but the smaller churches are having their issues. People just made up their minds. Remember some months ago when we were all regathering more and more and more, I was saying, look, if you're going to change a place where you serve, do that, but don't do it yet, <laughs> right? We got to have you all back doing what you used to do and then give us a time to redirect you to where you're at so we can train someone to take your spot. Uh, some did that, most didn't. And, and all it does is just, um, Rhonda, this is your, this is your area. I get your I get your component. I, I get it. And I know I'm not Right. That you're not. That angle 
that angle is different than what you're talking about. But what you're talking about is still a people component. We still have to have people regather for that burden. I get you. We've talked. We've talked. I think don't worry, don't worry about the noise component, but that's not really what you're talking about. And uh, they're coming back slowly. It'll be there. Focus, right? Sure. We're doing what family does. We're working through it. We hear you, and I get it. And uh, as people regather, we will. Good. That's another conversation we can have. The pizza's beyond cold now. It's not your fault. I'm getting, Pastor Kent, whenever he gets closer to me in proximity, for all of you know, that's him signaling very strongly, right? And so he started back there and he's moved his way all the way up here. He's going to be standing next to me next, all right? I'm way overdue. Real quick, Lisa, if it's a, not an easy answer. It's a very easy answer. Okay. Uh, when Frank and I lived in Florida, I had volunteered in the nursery in the church down there. And uh -huh. we had the same issue with missing service and announcements. So what they had done, and it worked out very well, and this is something to consider. They put a TV monitor in the rooms, and we were able to watch the service and listen at the same time, take care of the children, especially the infants and one-year-olds. Um, the twos, threes, and fours, they could mute the TV if they needed to because they do have their own classes. But this might be something to consider for the nursery workers back there that because we, we miss a lot of announcements. I, I, have, I am clueless as to what happens. But I got that no might be something I got that it. I think that could work out very well. And when we did install those TVs, it, it was wonderful because we could watch the service. Awesome. Note taken. Thank you very much. Hope this makes sense. We'll see you back here next Sunday or Wednesday night and then Sunday evening for the Lord's Supper. Um, uh, should we pray for cold pizza? We should be thankful for that. Is that all right? All right. Father in heaven, thank you for providing us um, so many things above and beyond our basic needs. And thank you for these sweet people and their willingness to come out tonight and gather uh, help us now, Lord, to go and find folks that we can encourage in a meaningful way, even as we enjoy some food together. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you all.